Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're coming to you live from Shelley Beach Golf Course, our spiritual home overlooking the 18th. And what a glorious day. Blue skies, sunshine, the surf looks good as well. Alongside me, Michael Butner. You know it's September when the Melbourne Storm absolutely carves someone up in week one of the final series. 40 points to 12. But before we talk rugby league... I'm on the bandwagon, Buttes. Their last premiership, their last flag was 1964. What a prelim last night. In fact, let's roll in their theme song. The Melbourne Demons are through to the grand final for the first time since the year 2000. Sing along. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. What a day. Uh, that's the best prelim I've ever seen from a footy team. You know, we spoke about the Melbourne Storm and their win over Manly. So they're top four teams in the National Rugby League. You're talking about the best four teams in the AFL and Melbourne... What a Blew night. Blew them away. Yeah. 57 years it's been since they've won the Premiership. 21 years since they've been in the grand final. Yeah. You Back know, in 2000. Last night, Petrarca, I, I thought he had the best game I've ever mm. seen him play. Uh, Maxi Gorn, the captain of the All-Australian team. Wouldn't you like to be in Five the trenches goals. with him? Five goals. Yeah. Four in the third quarter, which is, you know, that's when it's money time. And he delivered. And just a great performance from the Demons. You know, they said it a couple of weeks ago, do the fans of the Melbourne Demons dare to dream? And I dare yeah. say they are dreaming right now. Well, uh, on social media yesterday was given hell for the Melbourne Demons. So that was trending in Australia. We'll talk a whole lot more about this through the show. Troy Luff will join us, who played in the uh, grand final against North Melbourne back in the 1990s. So Sydney Swans legend coming on the show. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of talk on social media last night just about what a performance. They blew Geelong away. You know, I said it last week, Buttes. I didn't think Geelong were that good against GWS. Uh, you know, I think they haven't really evolved. Their style is too slow, and they had... There's so many guys in their team that are over 30. Uh, so. Correct. I think there's 11 guys. It's an ageing roster, and it actually, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to Luffy as to what his thoughts are on, you know, where they go next year because there's so many good sides at the moment with youth on their side, but to have 7 or 11 guys over the age of 30, that's... Yeah. Uh, look, it's great for experience, but it's a young man's game. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I've got to say too, Buttes, that uh, the two teams that go around tonight, they can really challenge Melbourne in the big one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think 
Port Adelaide. I think they'll get the job done. Now, they're ferocious at the footy. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of individual stars as well. So really looking forward to that prelim tonight. But right now, let's talk some National Rugby League. Tony Clark has been waiting on the line. Clarky, uh, good morning. You know it's September where Melbourne just blows someone away in the final series. And a real shame last night. I, I hope Manly don't go out in straight sets, but they had a lot of players that were beaten soundly by their opponents. Yeah, definitely. Good morning, boys. And great intro there with the uh, with the demons getting there. That, that, that's really enjoyable, actually. And I just just touching on that, I saw a wonderful photo of the the great man Neil Danaher yesterday in his D, in his D's gear, you know, cheering him on because we all know the battles that he's facing. But uh, a very emotional time for him. I, I'm with you, Steve. I think. Uh, oh no, I think the dogs will get get him up tonight, and it will be an all Melbourne Grand Final. But on to the rugby league and. Uh, it, uh, yeah, just as you said, as you said, it's it's the first week of September, and uh, and the storm just keep on keeping on, don't they? I think yeah. uh, as you did allude. Uh, sorry, uh, I was just going to say uh, it couldn't have started any worse. So you know, Manly with an opportunity, I think to Powell is uh, brought to ground, but gets up and goes again. Offloads to Cherry Evans, <laughs> and then the ball hits the deck when they're trying to find Harper mm. on on the right edge, and Lumi. Yeah, so it couldn't have started any worse. No, but I think, Steve, you've got to give Melbourne credit with the pressure they put on the footy and their, and their reaction. I mean, for, for Smith to pick that footy up on the fly, you've got people around, you know, they just, they're, they're just in every play, Melbourne. And, uh, and I think it was probably a little symptomatic of, of Manly's uh, last couple of weeks where, yeah, sure, we're playing some free-flowing footy, but I think last night, I think Cherry had woke up this morning very disappointed in his game um, where... They really sort of had to get in the grind with them. I mean, what, did, what were the completion rates the first half? I think they were 15 from 16 or something, the Storm Michael. You know, Storm it, 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 18, 18 from 19. 18 from 19. Well, they they were 18 from 19. That, that, that tells you the tale. And then, of course, in championship moments, just before halftime and, of course, just after halftime, I mean, just took took the wind out of, uh, you know, that pass from Daly at, uh, just after halftime when they were manning that little bit of pressure. I think it was their second set. You know, did you take that back again? Yeah. Mate, you know what? The thing about it is, last night, Melbourne, a couple of things for me. For the last two or three weeks, they've been in second, third gear, right? It's a credit to the coach. It's a credit to the players that you know that within a week, this is how good this side is. Within a week that you've got the ability to go from third gear to overdrive, and yeah. boom, it just happens for this side, right? They bring in eight players who they rested last week and they all know because they've been there before. They've played at the top level, right? But you've still got to be able to do it. And they delivered that last night. They stuck to the game plan and you could tell, right? It was just complete our sets, kick the ball high and long and minimise the back three's threat, including Turbo. Right, which they yes. did. They absolutely smothered the back three, gave them nothing. Yeah. Last night, Tommy Turbo does 116 metres. Mate, he does that in 20 minutes of football in most other games. Yeah, and before TC answers this, the Turbo last night, we all know he's the world's best player. We all love him, but he was running like the Cortina my dad bought for me <laughs> for 200 bucks, <laughs> 200 bucks back in the 1980s, and the brakes didn't work. Yeah, but, but Here again, you go, son. But that, again, that is a credit to the Melbourne Storm and what they were no, able it, to it do, Clarkie. Just it the is. way that they break down the opposition and go, okay, well, there's the threat. This is how we're going to manage it. 
and they did it to absolute perfection. Exactly, and no, you, you hit the nail on the head. They know their role. Knowing your role, this is it. They've, they've, they've followed it, followed the, the game plan to the letter. And, uh, and 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 I mean, as we spoke before the game last night, when I texted Steve, I was concerned with the middle third with with Manly, and uh, and, and it's proven that you know they were just dominated. But what about yeah. Melbourne's bench? You know, that, that's championship quality. You know, when you bring a Nico off the bench, now Big Nelson, uh, you know, Harry Grant, um, you know, Kamakamitha. Oh, mate, it's going to take a good one to boot it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah, by uh, Boy George and <laughs> Boy George. Culture Club. <clears throat> you know, I, I couldn't believe, like, Nico Hines doesn't get on till about the 55th minute, yep. uh, like around the hour mark. Like, what an embarrassment of riches. I tell you, uh, I think that Morgan Harper will have nightmares about Justin <laughs> Ollum. Uh, I think, you know, he, he had an off night, there's no doubt about that, but he had a lot of mates with him last night. But... Um, Gee, I tell you, uh, uh, let's not forget the Fox. When, when is he back? Well, he's, he's got another yeah. week or so recovery. This is ideal for them, right? They can rest him up. Yeah. He's primed. I've got to tell you, um, Lumi Lumi was good. You know, he obviously made that error. But also Jennings. I thought Jennings was outstanding last night. I thought he's really good in that position to cover because uh, he hasn't, been around, uh, hasn't played for a couple of weeks. For me, Clarkie, I look at the inexperience of that back row, of that manly side. And I think they were overruled last night. Um, you know, they've had, uh, look, fabulous seasons. Schuster, Olakatau have done Olakawatu. Olakawatu. Yeah, Olika, yep, that's the one. <laughs> Him um, too. Yep. They've had great seasons, but they were just overruled last night. Didn't get their hands on the ball. And to be honest, last night was just one of those games where it wasn't going to be free-flowing if you wanted to compete against this Melbourne side. It had to be a grind, and I just don't think Manly were prepared or ready to do that based on the fact of what they've done over the last six weeks to oppositions where they've absolutely destroyed them. Yes, I was 100% correct, Michael. I was very disappointed in, in, in their actual uh, game plan, you know, with, with, as you said, with the free-flowing. And then, okay, so you're starting that way, but let's, let's go back to plan B now. Let's just complete the next three sets. Let's build a little bit of pressure. Let's do But they just, they just got away from it. And, and exactly, I mean, it's going to be a huge learning curve for the young fellow because basically they are, you know, you take Kieran and, 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 uh, and Daly out, you know, they, they are a, a young team of footballers, so uh, yep. they'll take plenty out of it, but mate, I, I hate saying it, but I, I think it's a long road back for them now. I guess the big question for me is, is this the gap between, and it showed last night, is this the gap between first and fourth? Is it that dramatic? And we've probably thought it all year, but we haven't seen them come together as such because Storm have been on one side and playing against their teams or whatever. Melbourne, uh, Manly have gone about what they've done over the last eight, ten weeks. It's been phenomenal. You know, if you went back to the first couple of weeks of our show, I think we said, you know, it's a two-horse race. You yes. could hold the grand final now. They, they were so far ahead of the pack. Yep. And, you know, I think, like you said earlier, I, I think Craig Bellamy has just had this team... You know, they had a couple of close ones toward the end. They lost a game against Parramatta uncharacteristically. Uh, it, and now it's time to push the go button. We're in September. Yeah, and, and they clearly had the ability to do that. And again, you know, for six weeks, they've known they've been in spot one and two. They know that. They, you know, they didn't have to push. They could rest players. They could actually prepare for this final series like probably no other side has been able to do in the past because they've been that far ahead of everybody else. I look at the game uh, coming up and, and, you know, I think about the Roosters versus the Titans. So Manly will take on the winner of this game here. You've got a disciplined team 
such as the Roosters, who, you know, under Trent Robinson, you know, are just so committed to what they're doing. I believe the Titans just have to be freestylers. I think they everything needs to stick for them, but I think they just need to, you know, throw caution to the wind, and that's the only way they're going to get over the top of this Roosters uh, lineup. Your thoughts, Clarkie? Oh yeah, no, definitely. They 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 have to go in in that mindset model where where we're, we're, yeah we're just going to go nuts, you know, and, and and start and try and upset the rhythm of the Roosters because as you said, they're going to get McGlynn with them. They're all experienced for final footy, putting Victor, putting Jared back in. You know, they're they're two big ins this afternoon. You know, I I, I won't write the Roosters off. I, I think they'll win this afternoon. I'm really looking forward to the game though because as you said, I think the mm. Titans will throw caution to the wind. You know, I, I think it'll be exciting. You know, with young. Uh, what a great story, young um, Jaden Campbell. You know, like what an outstanding, you know, Preston's yep. young fella. What yep. an outstanding story for, for, for the year. But, yeah, no, it, it'll be very interesting. If they, if a couple of things stick for the Titans and they, you know, they, they, they're able to snag a couple early, it'll be very, very interesting. Hey, TC, can you stay with us? Uh, I know you're just getting warmed up on this Super Saturday. Uh, we'll talk some more finals footy in a few moments' time. We've got the double header up in Townsville. Then Rocky, in fact, uh, a friend of mine, Ash Gavinlock. Who's, oh, yes. He's on the road trip on his way to Rocky for the big game. Uh, this has just come through on the text line. Uh, text line 0477 736 736. Uh, Guy Clayton Evans uh, from Easy Quip. Great business up in Brisbane that I've had a little bit to do with over the years. And he says, Greg Ferguson was right. It's like a massage to my ears <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Looking forward to the GF at Suncorp. However, I doubt it will be the same without the voice. That's uh, a sad, sad yeah. day for rugby league. It's, not, it's like not watching the grand final and Rab's not commentating. It's the same thing, mate. It just doesn't have the same feel to it. I well, know it. Look, well, this could snowball, but uh, I think it's out there on Instagram. Uh, there's a hashtag, bring Steve bring to Brisbane, St- and Anastasia Palaszczuk <laughs> is linked in. And, and it wasn't started by me. Hey, we're, if Eddie Maguire can't get into WA, there is no way Steve <laughs> Allen is getting into Brisbane. <laughs> uh, we're off to our first break. Back in a moment with Tony Clark talking rugby league. Luffy after 10 this morning. We'll also catch up with Nicola McDermott's coach, Matt Horsnell, oh, yes. in our second hour after the final Diamond League event in Zurich. This is Saturdays on the Coast. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're overlooking the 18th. Uh, There's a guy here with, uh, he's just off the green. I want to watch this before we go back to Tony Clark. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little little, chip and run. Yeah, a little practice swing. Um, so, yeah, he has... I mean, I would putt from there. He has one practice swing. No, you've got plenty of room to work in. A little bit so. of... It's going to start a little right to left. Uh, that's a lovely-looking chip. It might be a bit no, heavy, heavy and... Yeah. So, yeah. he's gone over the back of the green. Only uh, just. But the, the flag is at the back of the, the green, so it's OK. The rules are, if we put someone off, they can take it back and play it again. The great, the, the great Sean Devine. There he is. From Outdoor Elegance, sir. Yeah. Hello, Sean. How are you going? What a fantastic business. Oh, and, uh, fan- you you uh, love it, don't you? Well, I'll tell you what I do love. I love the Royale range. The we've Royale got, range. We've got two outdoor settings. I tell you, they are top shelf. Is that like from uh, Pulp Fiction? The Royale, the Royale with cheese. That's a cheeseburger over in France. The Royale with cheese. Hey, uh, boys, just before we go back to Tony Clark, uh, Peter's here, who's our technical whiz. Oh. Pete, uh, we were just saying a moment ago that uh, social media is going into meltdown. Bring Steve to Brisbane. Uh, started by my friend Ash Gavinlock. Yep. Pete. There's so, another hashtag going now. So for 22 years I've done the NRL Grand Final, and I'm privileged to do so. But yep. Pete. 
You blow me out of the water. How, how long is your record? Uh, 52. 52 years he has gone to every grand final. 1969, South Sydney versus Balmain was your first one. You're a Balmain supporter. And, mate, you've been there from day one, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I just go, wow, Pete, is this the new hashtag? Get Pete to Bris- uh, Brisbane? I don't, I don't think that's necessary, Michael. I'm, oh. just, I'm just disappointed I can't go because I, I was a small boy and it was our annual father-son outing when I was a kid. And now my father's not with us anymore. Now my son has now adopted the place. Oh. So now it's, it's still been a father-son outing every year. So uh, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it is a shame, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, yeah, and can I say, uh, so you saw Balmain win their last grand final in 1969. Tell us about your memories of that and also some of the other highlights because through the 70s, you had a lot of teams win mm. back-to-back. So Souths go back-to-back. The Roosters go back-to-back in 74-75. The late 70s, we see St George win a couple in 77 and 79. And then... The 80s. Let's, the let's glory forget, days of the 80s. Let's not forget you saw the entertainers in 1980. So tell us about some of the highlights. Well, Steve, that Balmain win actually broke what would have been a five premiership streak for South Sydney because they won at 67, 68, 70 and 71. Mm. So that's a five-year streak they broke. It was My memories is getting there very early with my dad. We sat in front of the old Bob stand, about six or seven rows back from the fence, and pre-game entertainment was almost non-existent in those days. A couple of marching girls, that sort of stuff. But <laughs> you, you're sitting there from like 8 o'clock in the morning. Third grade started at midday. You just sat there. Yeah, There was nothing to do. You know, there was no big screens. I think the Army-Navy band might have marched around a bit and played, but um, yeah, pre-game entertainment didn't exist. But I was just excited to be there. Was oh, the pre-game entertainment the boys getting on the drink? Was that how it worked? It, may, it may have been. I was too small to notice. Yeah, gotcha. But I know I was allowed to wear my Balmain jumper. Oh, which I very, And I had some streamers and shakers and stuff like that. And I've still got the rugby league, the precursor to rugby league week, which is rugby league world. I've still got that copy of that 69. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you probably saw some of the greatest moments, well, you have in, in rugby league history, particularly like you see uh, the, the mighty Parramatta side uh, win three in a row, 81, 82, 83. But you also see Newtown in grand finals. Yeah, that was great. And Steve Guerin's try is another one oh. that you, can't, you just can't believe. Because you saw the up and under and you think, oh, he might get this. And he, he not only get it, he got it and scored. he's got it. And it was, no one, even Ted Glossop on the sideline, who was normally quite reserved, like he'd won the lottery. The, that, that, was my, that was my first recollection of a grand final. It was 1980 grand final. And then from then on, I remember everything from then yeah, on. Yeah, let, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that 1989 <laughs> is the greatest grand final of all time. So for you, who's been to every GF since 69... Uh, I mean, the Cowboys, Brisbane, mm. JT's field goal. Like, which one stands out for you? All great moments, Steve. 89 was great for se- for 75 minutes. It <laughs> 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 it was pretty disappointing. Look, I thought the 97 grand final, the Newcastle mm. one, apart from the, the great finish, it was a high-quality game. Certainly the Cowboys, the greatest finish. I Personally, I don't think it was the greatest grand final. I mean, but the finish was something you couldn't script. Um, but 97, you know, stands in my mind. And and also the first half when Newcastle blew Parramatta away. Hey, PD's up, mate, eh? Seriously, come on. 24-0. Yeah, hey, right, uh, should okay, we go back right. to TC? We should. Uh, great stuff, Pete. Thanks for sharing some of those memories. Wow, how we'll probably have more questions for you later in the show. Mate, if we're short on time, we're going to fill him in, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Sorry, Clark, he's, took it. he's taking your time. But that's an unbelievable <laughs> record. 50-odd years of rug of Grand finals, how unbelievable how is that? How interesting is that? What a, what, a, what a great show you two run. I mean, it's just oh, the information that's there. And, but to bring Peter in, uh, but to bring Peter in, how interesting is that? 59 years, that's incredible. 
What's oh, the, the, the ref fun. Not? Good on him. Nah, good on you, boys. That's, that's more interesting than me. <laughs> You're selling yourself short, TC. Hey, uh, let's look at the double header, yeah. and it starts tonight. So we spoke about the Roosters Titans. What about this one now, Butes? Uh, you believe that the Panthers are just starting to fine tune, and they'll beat the Rabbitohs. And uh, I think you alluded to that last week, TC. So what are you? What are your thoughts of that blockbuster? Two versus three. Yeah, certainly haven't changed, Stu. I think the Panthers, I think it'll be a little bit like last night, actually. I just, uh, I think poor old, not poor old Blake, uh, Central Coast Junior playing, uh, you know, in a, in a huge stage. Well done to Blake. He's a terrific young fellow, but I think he'll, yep. uh, he'll certainly have, he'll be tested early with Nathan and uh, Jerome Lula doing what they do. I, I just can't see. I think, you know, that, I mean, losing Luttrell, uh, their left side, their go-to players, we know, um, you know, is Blake going to be able to, to have that presence, you know, and, and the right side. Is probably the strong side of of the Panthers. So yeah, no, I, I can't see anything but a Panthers victory. Clarky, I will say this, and, and you know, a lot of people may not be aware of this, but you think about the last twelve months for the Panthers. Okay, they've played in a final series and got done, which was okay. They then had players play in the Origin series at the back end of last season. Okay, they've had those same players, if not more players, then play in the Origin series. This year, now we're heading into a final series where their gun players have had three experiences of pressure rugby league, you know, at the highest level. Finals and two origin series. Mate, they are primed and set, right? They are ready to go. And I don't know what better preparation you need going into a final series. And you also consider the likes of Cleary, who was out injured for six, seven weeks. Okay, that's been a positive for them. They've been able to rest their... Um, Toe also been out injured for a couple of weeks, rested him. He's back, ready to go. They are positioned really well right now. And I, I just look at, you know, this... Look, for me, I can't see an upset happening, to be honest. I, I just... With no Latrell Mitchell, I just don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, no, I don't know. And I think we said during the, the origin period, Michael, especially the first two games, of course, when, when uh, the Penrith halves were there, um, the standard that they were at, you know, to be able to be, you know, the, the highest of high at, the, at origin, and, and they just dominated. And I think we saw that when we, we missed them in, in game three. But for yes. them now to be coming back, and again, as we said last week, just those little combos are there, the lines they're running, their, their, their timing of their plays. You know, Nathan's kicking game is, is second to none. So, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, I, I've got to be honest, I hope it is a, a, a Melbourne Penrith uh, uh, grand final because, as we said, it's the two best teams, and I think it'll be... And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I think it'd be an absolute, as Pete was saying, this one could be one to remember. Do you see the Parramatta versus Knights game tomorrow, the loser of the Panthers-South game? How do you see that playing out? Uh, you know, I'm assuming, let's let's talk about Parramatta versus Knights first. We've got a lot of Central Coast kids in the Knights side. Uh, Bradman yes. Best, uh, Connor Watson, and, of course, the Safiti brothers. So um, that's something for us as Coasties to, to certainly keep an eye out on. They've also got Andrew Johns, who is coaching the Parramatta side, or coaching the halves at the Parramatta side, <laughs> which is, you know, that's an interesting... But I think, for me, Parramatta will be too strong. I just don't think, unless Caelan yeah. Ponga and Mitchell Pearce can really put on a show, I just, I, yeah, I just I, don't think they've got the points in them. No, no, I don't think they do either, Michael. I, I, you know, good on them for making the eight, but as we said, it's only going to give them an extra week of training. Um, I just can't see them recovering. I can't see them recovering from last week. You know, that, mm. that was a poor effort. You know, it, 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 it doesn't matter what, what way Adam O'Brien talks about it, but it was a poor effort. And I think Parramatta, again, they're adding, you know, there were some nice signs there. 
Um, you know, with the Melbourne victory, uh, you know, the, the, the nice last round performance, I, I think that they'll uh, they'll probably do it, um, yeah, quite comfortably too. Hey, TC, can you stay with us? Uh, I just want to touch on some of the Central Coast players because I think there's eight in total and mm. Liam Knight will miss this weekend. Otherwise, there'd be nine Central Coast players in action across the weekend. Yeah. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. The uh, text line, by the way, is 0477 736 736. Uh, you can dial in. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you're a Melbourne Demons fan uh, or Melbourne Storm fan. Maybe you got some thoughts on Manly last night. Just didn't fire in the big one. But can they bounce back in week two of the final series? 1,342, 15, 33. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. And coming to you live from Shelley Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. Little light breeze blowing here, but just perfect. And uh, Butte, I think you said it earlier, last week I was in the Okanui's. Mm. Today I'm wearing the uh, rhythm shirt from Burley Heads that uh, Sharon bought me. Yep. And, uh, Looks good too, just quietly. Yeah. For the first time, you like the ensemble? I like the ensemble, yeah. For, for the first time uh, this this season. You I, brought out the thongs, mate. Yeah. The, the tar slappers. Yeah, the ab- double pluggers? No, they're not double pluggers, these ones. I tell you, I'm on the bandwagon, Buttes. I just absolutely love seeing Melbourne roll into the grand final last night mm-hmm. in the AFL. Yep. Uh, yeah, what, what a game against Geelong. Just, you know, when it's been that long between drinks, if you're at the 1964 grand final with Barassi at his peak, yeah. do you think you're going to go, OK, in 2021, we might win a flag? <laughs> like, it is unbelievable. You think it your is. footy club's in great yeah, shape. Yeah, correct. I mean, we've seen that in the NRL too. How does it go so wrong? And, you know, well, Parramatta's probably a classic example. It's 30-odd years, 35, 36 years since they've been in a grand final. Or not been in a grand, but won a grand final. So Pete's there in 81, 82, 83 and 1986. Yes. Uh, you know, sees some of the greatest teams and players in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And to think that they, I mean, they went close in 2001 with your team. 09, they went close again. Just yeah, it's, it's you know what it does show. It just shows how you know it probably highlights how good the Melbourne Storm are, how good the Sydney Roosters are yeah. in terms of getting there. You know, year after year after year. Melbourne Storm are twenty four years into their existence. Yeah, I want to ask TC in a moment about Craig Bellamy as a coach and where he sits now among the greats. But also, I just want to say about Geelong. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Let's not forget that. Geelong have made 11 of 15 final series. Yep. Yeah, they have been phenomenal and they've won plenty of flags. It looks like Danger won't get one now. Mm. Patrick Dangerfield. No. Like, I yeah. think that ship has sailed, unfortunately. They've got some soul searching to do, that's for sure. Let's go back to TC. And TC, we finished the last break talking about Central Coast players. So, as Butte said, there's four with the Newcastle Knights who will play tomorrow. We'll see Blake Taft tonight with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. We saw Nico Hines last night. And a couple of boys in the Roosters that you've had a lot to do with in the centres, Brad Kieran and Matt Ikevalu on the wing for the Sydney Roosters. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. It's a, it's, and don't forget, Benny Thomas is uh, a Kingcomer Junior. is the Adrian Command tonight too. So, I mean, it's a wonderful mm. tournament for Central Coast footy and just shows, you know, the strength of, of rugby league on the coast. And, and we've just got to continue nurturing it. I know that the Roosters have got some... Some big plans that hopefully they'll announce, you know, in the next month or so. And uh, yeah, no, it is, look, and, and you've got to take pride in it, Steve. That you know, to the, the Central Coastians on, you know, it's it's an outstanding achievement. Very happy for Matty Cavalu. Um, well, it was only 
what, four years ago, Matt was playing local footy with me, you know, but head down, bum up, and uh, and now is, you know, a, a, a really, um, you know, strong component of uh, of the Roosters team. It's a, just a great story, as as is Adam, you know, Adam Kieran with uh, uh, the work they did with his with his brother, and um, yeah, you know, just just terrific, and, and everyone has to have a bit of pride in it. Well, when you think of what Trent Robinson has done. Is the Sydney Roosters the coaching performance of the year? When you think that they've probably got, what, seven, eight, nine uh, walk-up starters out mm. of their team? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's it's quite incredible. I mean, I, I think we said that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, between um, Craig Bellamy and... and uh, I'd, I'd have joint winners, actually. I mean, for, for, for what Melbourne have, you know, the 19 straight, minor premiers again, you know, it's the grand final. Craig, to me, is, is just, just the excellence and the... And the expectations and standards that they set down there are, 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 are quite incredible. And he's built, you know, from the ground up after all the uh, the drama with the salary cap and losing premierships. And you know, the uh, the thing I love about him is that uh, is that he, he, you know, of course that you, there there are some pretty handy footballers there. But as we say, you know, they've retired. I, I mean, but he's built it on built it on on players. You know, like as you said, Michael, look at Robert Jennings last night. You know, where was he this time last year? You know, yeah. it was. You know, uh, yeah, there's just so many young guys that have bought into it, and uh, and Craig, uh, a lot of a lot of comparisons with the uh, with the great Patriots coach, I believe. You know, in um, in Belichick. You know, it's, it's yeah. just so um, comparisons there, and and and, and, uh, and on how they've done things. I mean, you know, Belichick had, of course, the, the great Tom Brady, um, as as uh, you know, uh, Craig had um, Cameron Smith, but but just to build around. Um, the people, and, and as I said, with, with the standards and expectations, and that starts at the top. Again, look at his right-hand man, you know, Frank Panisi. Absolute yep. genius, Frankie. I had a lot to do with Frank um, in the early days at Manly, and uh, yeah, he's a tremendous, tremendous football judge. And, and you know, there, there's uh, um, the comparisons with, with, you know, Gibson and Massey are rightly so. Um, but again, yep. going back to Trent... Uh, you know what? What an effort! What an effort there is. But again, it's it's the culture in the joint, isn't it? You know that that's yeah. that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Speaking of uh, unsung heroes or players that rise when they go to Craig Bellamy, the other one is Remus Smith. Remus Smith. I was going to say yeah. playing on the right side. He was yeah. at the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, talent, but um, you know. Now he's fulfilling the potential oh, that he's always had. Look for me, good, good bloodlines too. Good blood, yeah, definitely good bloodlines. But I look in the other the other centre they've got there, Justin Ollum. Three years ago, no one would touch him. Yes. No, like, seriously. No. Yeah. And, and you know what? He probably doesn't have the skill set of a lot of centres in the game. But, my goodness, his enthusiasm, his passion, how hard he plays the game. Give me that ten times over because, you know what, he delivers each and every week. Clarky, has wanna... he come out of the same mould as Marcus Bay? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, mate. All of them do. Yeah. They've, got, they've got a little mould thing out, out at P&G where they just <laughs> stick them in there and they fill it with granite. That's what happens, though. <laughs> mate, it is ridiculous. And then run a butte. Oh, run a butte. Yeah, I know. Believe me, it hurt every time. I, I want to touch on, you know, the Melbourne Storm and what they've done. Even last night's game, when I look, Nico Hines comes on for uh, Finucane, right, Finucane, and... Their style of footy changed straight away because Nico Hines played the Asayo type where he was that yeah. back rower who served and delivered to the halfback or the 5'8", right? Finnegan's there, go forward. He's your middle forward. He's just going to get the yards. He hasn't got a lot of skill to offer, but he's got a lot of passion. And it was amazing that transition that they made 
and how comfortable it was for that Melbourne Storm side. So, again, I look at that from a coaching perspective, Clarkie. You've got to prepare your players saying that, you know what, around the 60th minute, we're going to come on and we're going to change the whole style of our play. And it doesn't matter what the scoreline is, but this is what we're going to do. And they did it to perfection without changing gears, without it affecting anybody in terms of... And the other thing for me is, last night, they kick a two-point field goal, right? Yeah, yeah. How right? good? At How good? End. You know what? They did that a couple of weeks ago, right? And I reckon it's, again, Craig Bellamy testing his players out to say, you know what? This is the situation in the game. There's three minutes to go. We need a two-minute field goal. Make it happen. Yeah. I don't care where you are. No, yeah. You make it yeah. happen. <clears throat> Yeah, I remember exactly training, training day, game day scenarios. That's that's what they're doing, and exactly what you said then, Michael, is the fact that the, 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 each player knows their role, so they're drilled, they're drilled, they're drilled. But there's not the composure that they're showing in that. You know, like okay, for sure they get in the grind, get in the grind, get in the grind with um, with Fanukin, and then of course, as you said, with with Nico coming on and using the footy a little. Um, but they didn't take a breath. It's just this is what we're doing now. This is how we're. But that is drilled and drilled and drilled into them. And the, comfort, the simplicity of, of, of their game plan. You know, it, it's just beautiful coaching. Is, oh, we forgot to mention this. Yeah. There was their hooker, Brandon Smith, who goes off after 20 minutes. Doesn't, then, doesn't come back on the field. And then Steve-O's boy that he wants to build a franchise around. Uh, Tommy Turbo. The great Harry Grant comes on. Oh, Harry Grant. Harry oh, Grant, yeah, Harry that's Grant. right. Yeah, right. you know, I thought about that. You know, uh, I built a franchise around Tommy Turbo, of course, but I feel like Harry Grant has got potential... You know, no one's going to match Cameron Smith. Mm. But look at the way he plays. Uh, you know, he's a orchestrator or conductor, but he's in and under. He's got that ability, almost like a bouncing Benny Elias, close to the line. Uh, what are your thoughts, Butes? I, I look at it and I go, you know what, I, I love their... And Clarkie touched on this earlier. Their bench, right? And it's a different bench to every other side in the competition. They've got two big... Uh, here, it is, here it is, mate. Two Harry big humans. Grant, yeah, yeah. Tui Kamakamitha, Nelson Osofa Solomona, and Nico, Nico Hines. Hines. Right? Most teams would have two boppers, a back rower of some sort, and then a back, maybe, utility. or another hooker, whatever. Yeah, utility, right? You know what? They're running the gauntlet here. But, but you know what? The thing is, Brandon Smith goes from hooker starting the game to in the back row, right? And he plays that role that uh, Fanukin plays so well. Right, goes in there, does that, bang, 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 bang. No problems at all. They don't miss a gear, right? And then Nico Hines is that player that can come on, right? He may not have got on last night if Brandon Smith, right, doesn't get injured. Yeah. He may not have been needed last night. They would have given him some time at some stage. That's unthinkable. <laughs> well, it happened last year in the grand final. And it, you know what? There's a chance that it may happen again if it's a close game. And so this is a guy who could run, he'll, I think he'll definitely run top 10 in the Dally M's. Mm. The season that he's had. Do you agree? <laughs> he's so, had an enormous year. And he's been rewarded for it accordingly, signing a contract with Cronulla. And deservedly so. Right? And he had to take that can, opportunity. Can I just get one more thought from you before we wind this up? Uh, one thing I noticed last night, and it hurt watching on the lounge, some of the defence from Melbourne's back row. When Kafusi and Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich hit you, hmm. you stay here. Like, they smash Manly. And that's what TC, you said to me yesterday via text that you really thought that Manly might struggle through the middle. Yes, and that, yeah, they're, they're intent and they're D. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, following the game plan to a T in, in surrounding Tommy. You know, that, that's what it was. Kick high, let's get to him, let's take some pressure off the player, you know, and, and bash him in the middle. Um, uh, yeah, outstanding coaching 
performance again. I know I've said that 10, 20 times this afternoon, but this morning. But it, it's just, I, I'm just amazed. I just sit there and applaud, you know, the, the, the style of of, uh, of, of what, um, of, of how they carry it out. You know, the storm yeah. is just outstanding. Yeah. Their execution, you're right. And you know what? You, you sit back and look at it and you can reflect and go, well, you know what? This is one hell of a side that has the ability to execute the way they do. And that's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the players and the way they're able to apply what, you know, the principles that they've worked on throughout the entire year, off-season, all those, you know, and it's not only the last 12 months. This is a culmination of as long as Craig Bellamy has been at the club. Hey, uh, TC, we need to leave it there. Uh, the producer's giving us the wind-up. We're, we're running way behind schedule, so I'm giving TC a standing yeah, up. He was outstanding. Uh, I mean, he was. He's been with us for 44 minutes and 48 seconds. Yeah, way Thank too you, long. Thank you, TC. Way too long. Absolutely, boys. Great show. Love the show. Uh, the guy we like to call the benchmark. Hey, on the text line, uh, which is 0477736736, it says, hey, Velvet Fog, uh, just an update, 78 kilometres done in 11 days. If Buttes... Well, Buttes has inspired me. I'm now aiming for 200 kilometres if, and only if, Buttes kicks the can. And donates to the cause. Uh, consider it done. Well, that is from the Bald Badger. C- consider it done, Bald Badger. I will put my money where my mouth is and I will uh, make a donation. And if he gets the 200Ks, then it will be fitting. So uh, the Bald Badger, Mick Morley, is walking for cancer. So, Mick, can you forward the details for us again and we'll make sure that's, that Buttes, Buttes can do that live on the air? It's the long run, <clears throat> I think it was called, referred to as the long run. Yep. Uh, and I can jump online I'll make sure I do that. Uh, because he's very deserving, but he does have to crack that 200k mark. And as soon as he does, <laughs> my money is in there. Yeah, you want evidence on Strava. Uh, quick commercial break here. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're overlooking the 18th. In fact, uh, on the text line, uh, great show, guys. Geez, I can smell the fresh turf and the sea breeze on the 18th hole from here. How good were the demons last night? Now, I, I can't see who that's from. Uh, looks like it's anonymous. Oh. Uh, Butes, I just want to say very quickly. Yes. Now, I don't want to paint this picture, but I do feel a little naked on this Saturday morning. <laughs> Where is Jess Grimwood? Oh, our third wheel. Where is she? She's out. Well, I'm, I'm assuming she's probably picked up a better gear. Oh, that's from Jess, the text. <laughs> yes. There we go. That, that text go. from Jess. We've just got it from our producer, just letting us know. But, you know, she's probably getting a bigger, I don't know, a better deal somewhere else. Well, well I do miss her. Yeah, well. Uh, she's brought a level of, uh, what would you say, panache? <laughs> Is that the word? No, she's brought a whole lot to us. I can yeah. assure you. Hey, uh, on, the, uh, on the open line, 1300 42 a guy that I like to call the whiz. You'd have to surgically remove the Melbourne Demons jumper from this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guernsey, I should say. Uh, Stewie Cameron, good morning, mate. G'day, Steve-o. How's it going? Oh, Wiz, man, last night you were posting on social media. It looked like you built a shrine at your place to the Melbourne Demons. Uh, how are you feeling this morning with the Ds through to the big one? Oh, I'm probably more relieved. I was pretty nervous all last, last week. Uh, but I was more relieved that we got there, got through. But, yeah, hey, tell us about your love, affi- 
Tell us about your love affair with the Melbourne Footy Club. Uh, when's the first time that you went to watch them? Who've been your favourite players over the years? Uh, well, probably I was born in Melbourne, so we used to go to the footy a fair bit. So I can't remember the first game I went, but we started going regularly in 90, 1992. And so, and that's where my passion grew from there. Been a member ever since. And probably my favourite player of all time is probably Gary Lyon, probably Jeff Farmer. And there's probably a few others over the years too. Yeah, my, my favourite player with the D's is probably uh, Robbie Flower, uh, yeah. former club captain. Hey, uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, I know Butes wants to ask you a question in a moment, but uh, is that the best prelim that you've ever seen? I mean, these are the these are the top four teams left in the competition, and they just blew them away last night by over eighty points. Uh, I do. Uh, yeah, if I was a neutral supporter, not a Melbourne supporter, I would think that was you know. Really great preliminary final, absolute sloggy. But as a Melbourne supporter, I was still nervous till about halfway through the third quarter, thinking they could easily oh, come mate. back. You know, I've had enough heartache 60. in my life. But... <laughs> there's sixty ahead, I, and you're I still cracked, worried. I cracked the port halfway through the third quarter, thinking we're home. Oh, <laughs> come on, Wiz! On the back of Gorn's uh, oh. fourth goal in the uh, man you, third quarter, you've got to enjoy this moment. You've got to let it all out. Uh, you know, come, come on, mate. It's been, a, it's been a long time between drinks, like 57 years <laughs> since I've won the Premiership, 20 years, 21 years since I've last made a GF. Now, the, the best form guide for me was the fact that I think the Cats only kicked one goal in the second half. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's good form. I'm thinking about tonight's game, Port Adelaide versus the Bulldogs. Who do you prefer to take on in the GF next week? Well, it's, a, it's a real hard one, that, because... Um, you do think Port? You do. You, you do think Port should win because you know, all the trouble um, the Bulldogs are having. They can't train in Adelaide, but you do at the moment because of the quarantine. But you do think that <laughs> could you know, spur them on. So I'm probably hoping, probably hoping the Bulldogs actually. But, yeah, can, oh, can that, you believe I that one can go either way? I think the Bulldogs, haven't they have jabs every second day? They've had tests every second day and they're still not allowed out to have a run? Really? What's yeah. going on out there? Yeah. Conspiracy. Wow. Oh, the Premier yeah. must be a Port supporter, probably. <laughs> Could you imagine if they were in, over in WA, what would happen there? They wouldn't even get in. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Wiz, uh, great to talk to you, mate. I know you've loved the Ds your entire life. Uh, every training session at Kalani Vale Bombers, the Wiz has got the Melbourne jumper on, so uh, well done, mate. I think, you're the, I think you're the guy who gave you the nickname, Steve, eh? Well, I gave you the nickname. Well, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Wiz jumper on. Hey, just tell me how good Steve-O was, too. Hang time, Alan, they used to call him. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Speckies everywhere. They show movies on flights as high as I got. <laughs> hey, uh, let's, uh, we're, we're getting the wind-up right now. We're off to the news. We'll come back. We've got Troy Luff to talk some more AFL. Lightning Luke King is waiting patiently on the line. Uh, there was qualifying last night in the Formula One in I, Italy. I'm all over the uh, Formula One now, I've got to tell you. We'll talk about that in a few moments. Saturdays on the coast on SEM.
projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Shelly Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. Uh, guys just had a putt that has missed by uh, a fingernail. Yes. I was about to say something else. A bee's what? Hey, I'll tell you what I can hear. It sounds like a glorified lawnmower. Some guy with a parachute attached. Uh, uh, what's that thing called? I, I have no idea. I'll tell you what it's called or what it looks stupidity. like. Stupidity? Or what it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> sounds like stupidity because that thing is not moving fast at all. Yeah. And that engine is going, <laughs> the RPM on it is going through the roof oh, right now. Oh, there's another close part that's missed by a fingernail. Hey, uh, Pete, our technical whiz here at uh, Shelley Beach. He just said what happens if he heads a little oh. further north. Oh. Now, I told him, on a glorious day like this, he'd, he'd arrive, well, he'd go past the Two Birds Cafe. Yep. Uh, then he'd head down to beautiful Tawoon Bay. Uh, Blue Bay is just a little further on. Yep. Then if he kept driving, he'd see the entrance looking all the way towards Nora Head Lighthouse. But if he, if he turned his, his gaze left... He'd look down the, the entrance channel, see the entrance bridge, and Tugra Lake toward the mountains. It's one of the world's greatest views. It's almost like, Pete, seeing the pearly gates. Like, you are in heaven right now. It is unbelievable. And on a day like this, on a day like this, it does not get any better, I can assure you. Hey, Butch, you want one of these hats? Oh, I love it. But is it the water polo hat for... University of Southern California. Southern. That's a... Good hat. I like it a lot. The old yeah. trucky cap, but it's, yeah, stylish, good look, yeah, good U peak. USC, the greatest water polo franchise yeah. in, in college history. I think you'll have to hit up Corey, uh, your son, about uh, seeing whether we can get our hands on one of those. Could, could you imagine going to college to play sport like, like Corey did? <sighs> like, what an opportunity. And I've got to say, I did see during the week, uh, the Hokies, is it West Virginia? Or Virginia? I don't know. Yeah. Some university, some college, they come out to enter the Sandman. Yes, yes. And it is yeah. one of the most phenomenal entrances of any team in any professional, yeah. any sport, not professional yeah. sport, oh, any sport around the I world. could not agree more. It is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it's a packed stadium. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, packed stadiums, let's go back to the studio. Adam a.k.a. the stapler. Uh, man, can you believe we got two teenagers in the final of the U.S. Open at Flushing Meadow? Oh, it's, um, it's unbelievable, Steve. It's, you know, the first time for more than two decades that two teenagers have contested the U.S. Open final. Emma Radicanu from Great Britain is 18 years of age. Lila Annie Fernandez from Canada is 19 years of age. Mm. Uh, so it's just unbelievable. Just letting you guys know as well, Daniel Medvedev got through in the first of the semifinals against uh, his Canadian opponent and Novak Djokovic and Zverev currently on court. Zverev has a break of serve, 5-4, and serving for the first set. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, hey, uh, well done, let, me just, let me just test your stapler, and uh, if you don't know, just throw straight back to me. But can you name the two teenagers that last played? <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't, Steve. <laughs> was, was, it yeah. in the, was this in the women's or in the men's? In the women's. In the women's. Ha, have a guess. One oh. of them's gone on to be one of the greatest Grand Slam players ever. Serena. Serena. No. Yeah, correct. Williams, uh, the yeah. other one was known as the Swiss Miss. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Mm. Martina. Martina Hingis. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I thought That's it, it. might have been her. Yeah, so they were 17 and right. 18, respectively, mm. in 1999. So, yeah, just incredible to be in a Grand Slam at that age. Mm. Hey, Stapler, have you got a thought? Like, who do you think's going to win out of these two? Oh, look, um, 
either person winning, I think, is great for tennis, but I'm going to go for uh, Emma Rajakanu from Great Britain. She um, had a straight sets win against Sakari, the 17th seed. I think she's um, in slightly better form than Fernandez, but you never know. Fernandez got, got the win in the, in the three-setter, but I'm going to go with the Great, great Britain um, girl, 18 years of age. Yeah, fantastic, well, mate. Uh, thanks for the update. Hey, uh, let's talk some more AFL. Uh, the great Troy Luff. Luffy played in the grand final with the Sydney Swans back in the 90s, and nowadays he's one of the best commentators and analysts in the business. He's brought to you by Star of the Sea, the five-star resort at Terrigal overlooking the ocean. Uh, Luffy, good morning, mate, and the Ds. We played their theme song earlier this morning through to the grand final for the first time since the year 2000. Yes, morning, Buttes, morning, Steve, and what a game last night. Who would have predicted the absolute flogging the Demons gave to the Cats? And I was, I was listening to an interview with Max Gorn, and it gave me a good insight into why they came out of the block so well. He just said they'd been stuck in quarantine for two weeks, they couldn't go anywhere, and they were just champing at the bit to get out and play footy. And so after two weeks of doing that, you could just imagine the excitement they got when they ran out onto Optus Over with 60,000 people. They haven't played in front of that crowd probably all year. And just the excitement they got. And they just took off straight away. I know Geelong got the first goal, but then it was all Melbourne after that. Well, Luffy, I've got to say, Steve-O's put his hand up to confess that he was the one that predicted this sort of... Uh, Shellacking, flogging. Well, I told you last week. I, I said I didn't think the Cats were that impressive against a very, very undermanned Giants side. In fact, my son Corey's got a message for you, Luffy. He said the Giants would have done better last night than the Cats against the rampaging Melbourne Demons. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what, Butte? How wrong did Steve get? He, uh, he said it was only going to be six or seven goals. It was 93 points. He wasn't even close. <laughs> wasn't. Mate, what about the effort of the midfield for Melbourne? Petrarca, Viney, Oliver, uh, disposals coming out left, right and centre. Well, Christian Petrarca has just... He's grown an extra leg this year, seriously. He had 32 touches last night. and just. But his efficiency is so good. Viney, he had 34 touches. Uh, mm -hmm. Oliver, 27, which is you know, close to his average. They just dominated the midfield. And you have a look at Geelong's midfield. Joel Stellwood, Cam Guthrie, they were still up there. But Dangerfield, he had a very quiet game last night. Their forward line was just non-functional for the Cats. And Jeremy Cameron had four disposals, kicked a couple of goals. Radagalia, five touches. Gary Rowan lived up to his... Well, he's been oh, renowned that's... for being a bit of a dud come finals. He had one disposal until he was actually subbed off. People were actually reckoning there was nothing wrong with him. He just couldn't get a kick, so he went off the ground. It was just wow. it was terrible up forward. And have a look at some of the stats for Geelong. They have played... Their last seven prelim finals they've played in, they've lost five of them. The last 20 finals that they've played in, they've only won six of them. So not a great finals <laughs> record for a team that you know, not that long ago, were winning premierships. Yeah, Luffy, we want to talk about that, just about their style and their ageing list. But you mentioned about Petrarca. I said a few times last night that he was born for that moment. When they first drafted him, like, <clears throat> he's a great body shape. He's, uh, well, probably about 6'2", uh, you know, built like a Sherman tank up top. But he just absolutely dominated last night. And he's, he's a player that, like I said... Come at, the, come at the hour, come at the man. Oh, absolutely. And I think, like, I actually met him once um, in Bali and I've met him again in Tasmania doing a function down there. And 
not not only is not only is he such such a great footballer, he's such a nice guy. He's just he's such a good bloke. He, he hasn't let all this go to his head over the years that he's got better and better. He, he's just such a normal, down-to-earth guy. And, and what can happen with players when they play professional sport is they change. They turn into arrogant-type men. And I hate that sort of <laughs> outlook in some people. And, you know, yeah. I mean, Butch has probably been around enough rugby league players. You know how much they change. AFL players are the same. Some, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying it, it, it can happen. But, you know, and he, he's, just, he's just such a knockabout bloke and takes everything in his stride. Hey, can I just... Uh, Butes mentioned earlier this morning about the uh, third quarter, uh, which was Maxi Gorn time, the captain of the All-Australian team. But, you know, at nine goals, 6.60 to 5.131 at half time, the Cats made me think if they jump out of the blocks and get a couple of quick ones, in the end, the third quarter is eight goals to none. Wow. Like, wow. What a, what a premiership quarter that is. Eight goals to none, and over the last five and a half quarters that these two sides have played... 27 goals to six. Remember in round 23 when, when Melbourne kicked the last eight goals to win the game? And uh, and then on the, last night, eight goals. Geelong have never conceded more than nine goals in a quarter, and they nearly got there, Melbourne. And then last night, eight, they just put the game away after kicking eight goals in a row. So, obviously, Melbourne, after, Melbourne got absolutely thrashed by Geelong a few years ago in a final. And they did it to them last night. Melbourne just turned the table and said, well, you've done it to us, we're going to do it to you. Luffy, concerning signs, I guess, for the Cats, when you look at their ageing roster, 11 players over the age of 30, uh, you know, it being a young man's game now, they weren't good enough for the, the Melbourne young guns last night. What does this mean for them going forward? Uh, is this Is their window closed, do you believe? Oh, I, I think with, with that many over 30s, you know that within the next couple of years, they're going to lose most of them to retirement yeah. and they're going to have to have players come up to take those spots and they don't have that Geelong. They do have some good young players. Um, young Grime Myers does very well. Uh, Cam Guthrie is taking a big step forward this year, but they haven't got this strong list of young players that will replace all their ageing warriors. Selwood's probably got a year, year to go, I, I think, um, I mean, Tom Hawkins probably still got a couple of years to go, but as you said, there are quite a few over 30s. And, and I think that without replacing those players, that, that the dynasty we've seen of Geelong in, in so many finals, I think may be coming to an end. Hey, Luffy, who do they play in the big one in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, let's preview the uh, game that's going to be played tonight. I've got a feeling it's going to be Port, and I think that Port can really challenge if they do make the, the grand final. But how do you see it? I, I honestly think that Port Adelaide may choke. They they Ooh, have struggled a little bit this year. Well, <laughs> it, it was it was only it was only the last cup, like the, probably the last month of football, that they actually were competing and beating top four sides or top eight sides, I should say. Before that, they didn't beat a finals contender. They lost to every game, every game to any of the top eight sides. And mm. I know it's in Adelaide and. The thing is, Western Bulldogs played Port Adelaide in Adelaide early this year, and they won by about four goals or so. They're not going to be worried about it. The Bulldogs have shown that they can take it up to the best on their home deck, as they did last week at the Gabba. I mean, the umpires probably helped them a little bit along the way last weekend against Brisbane, but oh, they showed the it. were um, terrible. Oh, geez, they, they did. They cost them the game. The free kicks. Uh, I, I still can't did. believe the one right at the end, the, uh, the with the ruck. The ruck infringement. That was a joke. That 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 
infringement was done the whole game. And all of a sudden, with minute, a minute to go, they go, oh, hang on, I'm going to pay this one. Now, but not only that, there was the free kick that wasn't paid that helped Bailey Smith kick the goal. There was a holding the ball decision in the middle of the ground. The player dived on it, dragged it in. The commentators just, oh, they all went, that's holding the ball, that's holding the ball. Not paid, and then the ball goes down. They kick a goal, the Bulldogs, to put them in front. Whereas if Brisbane got the free kick, it's in their forward line. So, you know, they, it, the umpires certainly help. But I just think the Western Bulls, they're on a high. They're playing so well. Their forward line's working so well. Bontempelli, McRae, Josh Dunkley, they're all getting their hands on the ball. And I don't... Port Adelaide, without Georgiatis, don't have a lot of avenue to goal. And if they can stop the delivery to big Charlie Dixon, I honestly think that the Western Bulldogs are a big chance to win. And I'd love to see... Imagine Melbourne Melbourne versus Footscray grand final in Perth. That would be unbelievable. Hey, Lafayette, who wins the Brownlow? No, oh, that's a tough one. That that really is. I mean, Lockie Neal's had another great year, um, and we still don't know what he's going to do, whether he's going to go back or he's going to stay in Brisbane. Um, Bontempelli has been outstanding. Um, I mean, even, even look at the Swans. Luke Parker's had a fantastic year for the Swans, and, like, dominating year for the Swans. So so he's, he's a chance as well. It is a, it's a tough one to, to pick. And, you know, this, this year it's good because it's not like it has been in previous years where they've gone, you know what, Lockie Neal's going to win it by five votes. Dusty Martin's going to win it this one. Matty Dangerfield's going to win this one. And they were right. Whereas this year, there's, there's no number one player that will go, yep, he's going to win the Brownlow. What about, uh, I'm just looking at Butes' notes here, and he's got Oliver circled with 27 disposals last night. Uh, is the young demon a chance to poll well? Well, the problem is you've got him, you've got Petrarca taking votes off each other, you've yep. got Max Gorn. When you've got too many players in the same team playing well... They take votes off each each other. And forgot to mention, too, last night, Maxi Gorn, five goals. Oh, <laughs> the, most yeah, he'd ever, yeah. the most he'd ever kicked in the game was three, and he'd only ever done that twice. So he's gone from three goals at most to five. So, um, But, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, having, players, having players like that take votes off you, that makes it very hard. Yeah, what about his one on the run where uh, it was touched by someone, I think, and the umpire didn't see it, and Maxi's just played on and snapped it from about, what, 45 out? Yeah, I couldn't, you know, what I couldn't believe firstly is the umpire, I could see it on the TV, the commentators could see it, they called it, the umpire made a mark, and of course, but you know what, Maxie probably would have missed it if it was a set shot, so it was a good thing he played on. Uh, you know what you can do? You can rile Luffy up oh, really easy, easily, easy, can't easy. you? When I mentioned that about GWS, he went off like a firecracker. Hey, hey Luffy, just one, just one last question. 57 years since the Demons have won a premiership. What does this mean for yep. this club? Like, you know, they, it's been a long time and they haven't had a lot of success along hey, the way. Before Luffy answers this, let's yep. let's see if Adam can roll in the theme song again. Let's oh. fire it up again. The Melbourne Demons theme song through to the big one for the first time since 2000. Sing along, Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> It's a grand old swag, my fine swag, emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah, what does it mean, Luffy? And what a great, what a great song as well. Well, it's funny, a couple of years ago, um, well, actually going back to when the Swans won in 2005, they had the longest drought for a premiership. Yes. And and I sort of was talking to people back then going, you know what, a lot of these teams that haven't won for a long time, they're, they're going to win one. And then 
you know, the Bulldogs, they broke the next longest mm-hmm. drought. Um, and now Melbourne has the next longest drought and St Kilda's only a couple of years short of theirs. So, you know, if Melbourne, Melbourne get a win, get up, break the huge drought, and then it really only leaves St Kilda. They're the last one. They're, 1966 was their only grand final. Obviously, the Fremantle and, and um, um, Gold Coast GWS, they haven't won yet, but they're only new clubs. So, but, you know, it would be absolutely amazing. There's, there's so many diehard Melbourne fans out there, and it just it would be awesome, you know. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, great stuff, Luffy. Uh, round of applause for uh, Troy Outstanding, Luffy. as per usual. Standing usual. ovation. Uh, look forward to chatting to you next week, my friend. Troy Luff joining us with the AFL update. Probably the week after because we've got a buy member in the AFL next week, so grand finals mm-hmm. the week after. Building well, up to the GF. Luffy's dictating turn. It's, it's why he's... <laughs> I mean, I would like him on next no, week. No, no, he's the big dog. He does whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we've got an approach well, coming up, up here. Guys. <laughs> we need to go anyway, to the brackets. Have a, have a great weekend, guys. Good on yeah, you, Luffy. You too, Luffy. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. And back live at Shelley Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. Uh, I'll just kind of whisper a little here, Buttes, because we've got a little approach shot. Uh, oh, no, that's a nice a, shot. That, that is, is an is absolute a, ripper. Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you what else we've got. Uh, Salute the crowd, mate. Thank you. Qu- quite often we've got, like, you know, Dad's army out here. We've got a lot of a lot of players off the seniors tour, but right now we've got a young gun. Yeah. Like, this young player probably looks like a, maybe 13, 14. Oh, oh good look, look at that from the young gun. Well done. Give us a, yeah. give us a wave. Give us a wave. Yeah. Got to get used to having mate. a bit of a swagger. Hey. Uh, I think he's oblivious. He's so in the zone. Yeah, he just brushed us. Surely he's got to acknowledge us at some point. Yeah. No, he doesn't give it. Still no acknowledgement. Dad needs to have a couple of words to him. Just remind him, Dad, just to acknowledge the crowd. Come on. Come on. You've got to salute the gallery. (laughs) Just a little tip of the hat or something. Yeah. Give us something. I'll tell you what we have to do. Let's find out that young man's name. First, I want to see if he drains this putt. He's marked his ball. That's important. Now he's analysing the lie. Uh, I think uh-huh. it, he goes straight at it here. Uh-huh. Maybe a little... Do little you think, oh, I think a little bit of left to right for yeah, mine. Yeah, just a touch. Yeah. Just a touch. That's no, how I'd be going. Hey, uh, Lightning, Luke King's on the line. I know uh... you're loving you're loving the F1. Uh, before we talk Formula One, Lightning, Luke King, good morning. And you're doing the tour to kids raising money for the Starlight Foundation. Ciao, Bello, boys. Uh, good to <laughs> be here. It's the... Uh... The, the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. And, uh, yeah, mate, thanks for the shout-out on the Tour de Kids. Um, I, uh, I punched out another um, 40Ks last night. Oh, sorry, yesterday after uh, you guys left. Um, so, yeah, it's going well. Uh, just trucking along, and we're uh, up above uh, 1,500 bucks now. So, yeah. Hey, uh, it was a scary sight yesterday. I said to Lightning Oh, no. Luke, was there lots of lycra? Well, I said, why can't you be in a pair of boardies and a surf shirt? <laughs> uh, he's pulled out the mankini. Nah, I love it, mate. Love it. you, you got to look the part, Luke. Hey, by the way, the young fella, yeah. the young gun, uh, what's his name? Someone shout out his name. Archie Morris. Archie Morris. Morris. There you go. He's drained that part. I'd like to see his scorecard. I wonder what he had. So he's he's up and down in two. Beautiful to watch. Let's go back to Lightning Luke King. And they had qualifying Archie. last night. Qualifying last yep. night. How did Daniel Ricciardo finish up? 
Yeah, mate. Um, Danny Rick um, ended up fifth, um, mm. which is uh, compared to his results earlier in in the year through qualifying is is quite good. But it was a really strange press conference with with Daniel afterwards. He sort of said that he he'd come in, you know, with some real positive emotions across the weekend, but that session didn't help. Um, he was only out qualified by his teammate by about three tenths of a second, um, so that pushed him back to the third row of the grid. Um, but it was real weird because I would have thought he would have been pretty happy with that. But um, obviously there's something going on behind the scenes there where he's he's disappointed. So um, I hope he's not um, he's not dropping his head too quickly because I think he's got a real good chance this weekend to, to make an impact. So, um, yeah. Luke, I've got to say, mate, I've been watching Drive to Survive on Netflix, right? And I have suddenly yeah. become... Very interested in the Formula One. It was nothing that just tempted me in the past. But the yep. insight that you get behind these teams to know that, and you got to bear in mind, there's only 20 drivers that get the opportunity to race well, at Formula One level. And I, again, I didn't realise this. I thought it was just open slather and whatever else. But there's two ter- yep. two drivers per team. There is no teammates as such. They are driving individually to get the best out of themselves. What I did find interesting hey, was... Yeah, before yeah. you go any further, yeah. the, the big Rabbitohs fan, he's walking by. He's walking on by. He's, got, he's <laughs> giving us a thumbs up. Yeah. He's pretty pumped. Rabbitohs in action tonight. Yeah. I know no one's going for them tonight, but I reckon the Rabbitohs can do it. I reckon they can pull it off up in Townsville. They'll love the warm weather, the dry track. Don't ride off the rabbit. Don't ride them off yet. Not yet. Anyway, look, back to Drive to Survive. Mate, what I did find was how interesting the changes between drivers are, what they're looking to do, what they're looking to achieve, how precise they are in terms of, you know, every aspect of what they do out there. And I've got to say, mate, just looking at Ricardo and what he did, you know, he's been with Renault for the last couple of years, moved to McLaren Mercedes. Again, it's just those chops and changes and how important and significant they are to Team Harmony, to the player, to the drivers thinking and, yep. and all those things that there's so many factors that go into it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And like you, you've hit the nail on, on the head in terms of, you know, how, how the drivers like to have the car set up and how specific it is. And I think what we're seeing, and I had to explain this to Liz the other night because she was asking me about it, was that Lando Norris has had that car under him for the last two two years, and they have mm-hmm. built that car around him. So, what people don't understand is there's certain things on that car that are built to Lando that cannot yes. be changed for Daniel. So, the essence of that McLaren right now has has Lando in it, and and Daniel needs to switch his driving style to learn how to drive that car and maybe kind of tweak it to how he likes it. Um, which is a, is a challenge. So I think, um, you know, Daniel's doing what he can right now. He's got um, a, the change of regulation that's coming next year. Couldn't have come at a better time for him because that will be a reset within the team. The car will change. And if Daniel can be quicker with the baseline set up first off the bat next year, then they'll start developing the car around him. Hey, uh, Lightning Luke, can you stay with us uh, for one more quick break this morning? Is that okay? Yeah, mate, absolutely. Oh, mate, I've got plenty to talk about. Yeah, plenty to talk about. We've still got uh, we've got Talia Blanchard coming up with a recap on the last few days of the Paralympic Games. Also, Matty Horsner will join us for a quick chat about Nicola McDermott at the Diamond League in Zurich. Outstanding performances. Uh, You know, I've got a technical question as well for Luke, and we can ponder this over the news. Last night, I was seeing that Daniel Ricciardo was ninth in qualifying, Mm -hmm. and in the end, we heard that he finished fifth. 
But there's, I've never seen this before, there's, there's in-car data that everyone is seeing. And last night, even though, he, even though he was ninth in qualifying, the in-car data had him as the third fastest on track. I want to know what that is because I've never seen it before. Mm. We're off to the news. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. And coming to you live from Shelley Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th green, Geordie Garner, young superstar. Wow, he's, he's got an assignment oh, here. Oh, he's got a job to do here. He's on the par 5, 18th. He's prancing up and down he's like gone, a line. Well, he's gone a little right. Yes. He's got a tree right in front of him en route to the flag. His mum's already played a superb shot, and it's a gimme. It's yeah. a gimme for his... In fact, I think his mum's picked it up. Yeah, pick up. It's done. You're and, done, mum. And I'd like to know, did she have a birdie or an eagle? It's a little... He's going to keep it low here, I think, Geordie. He's got to keep it low. Well, you don't think he's going to go over the top? No, nah, you can't go over the top. It's too, too close in to the fact, tree. there's a lot of people watching this. Yeah. So uh, here goes Geordie. Steps into his ball. We're hoping he can get up and down in two. I've got to say, he's probably lucky that the... <laughs> Old bunker that was there is now um, in grass. Yeah. It's no longer in sand. You know, I feel like uh, Pat Welsh or Ian Baker Finch. He's hit it. Jordy's played it. Oh, he's hit too hard. It's gone through the green. Okay, he's got to go up and down in two here to get a par. Yeah. This will test him. This yeah, will test well, him. you know, char- I, character building. I've got to tell you, from where he was and where he landed it. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be. I think it deserves a round of applause. I'd be happy, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I would have been happy with that. Because I would have hit the tree. Yeah, correct. Or I wouldn't have got over that first mound. Yeah, he's done well. He's done well. Yeah, I tell you, he looks the part too. He's a great-looking young man. He always does look the part. Look at him. He's decked out in the full golf gear. Looks like he's got a little tash happening too at the moment. Yeah. Let's go back live. Speaking, oh. of, uh, speaking of image, oh. Lightning Luke King he has gone peru- king. peroxide blonde like Jason Ackermanis <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, hey, Lightning, Lightning Luke, did you hear... Uh, did you hear what I said a moment ago about in-car data? And so Daniel Ricciardo was actually third on the track. Tell me more. Yeah, so explaining that, I mean, we look at similar data, obviously, in the TCR car. Um, basically, what it, what it does, it'll put your best sectors together. So the track is broken up into to three sectors, mm. but the teams, the teams can also break their timing up into what they call micro sectors. So... Basically, what the... Oh, the sorry, what? Lightning Luke. Geordie Garner has... He got oh, in, he put a birdie in, mate. From, from off oh, the well green. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well oh, done, Geordie. Super stuff from the young gun. Was that with a... What was that with? A wood of some sort? A little hybrid club? Oh, wow. What a freak. Anyway, back to you, Luke. Back to you. <laughs> Keep explaining. Well, that's not the only wood that's going on there. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. Uh. Um, yeah, no, the sectors throughout the lap, uh, basically, if you put your best sectors together, right, you've got a theoretical best lap. So mm-hmm. that's what they would have been looking at last night for, for Danny's time. Um, if he hadn't yep. put his best sectors together, he would have he would have been up there. So, um, yeah, look, it's an interesting one. They call Monza the, the Temple of Speed. Um, oh. Basically... Three or four massive straights. So, straights, um, yes. Yeah, it's about. Luke, I'm going to ask you this, Luke. The uh, yep. in relation to the standings at the moment, 
It's closer yep. probably than it's ever been. Verstappen, it's probably a case of the old bull and the young bull, or in this case, yep. the red bull of Verstappen. <laughs> yeah. Do you like that? Do you like that? Well done. Um, yeah, well he's ahead by three points at the moment, but these yep. two are going hammer and tong uh, just oh, with each other. Baltus is... Uh, third at the moment, long way. And, you know, Lando Norris, you spoke about him before. This is uh, Ricardo's teammate. He's yep. outstanding at the moment. You know, really good form. But it's all about one and two at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, this this has been building for years. And it's like, you know, it's like the dark side and, and the force, you know. Like, there's <laughs> Red Bull are kind of like the, the new guys coming in. And, and Hamilton is, is the guy that's, um, you know, that, that's been there all along. It's... Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, having having that sort of a battle is what we've been waiting for in F1. Um, yep. this, this weekend, even tonight, Hamilton has got the chance to level up with Verstappen. Uh, well, they, this weekend's what they call a sprint race format. So they actually race tonight to qualify for the Grand Prix on Sunday, mm. which is completely different to the standard Formula One format. So you'll actually see them grid up tonight, Butes, and they'll gotcha. actually race each other. So, um, so yeah, that's why you saw qualifying last night on a Friday, which is a, a new trial format they're putting in for Formula One this year. So, mm-hmm. hey, if, if, yep, go on. Hey, Butes, before you ask Lightning Luke King his final question, yep. uh, this young lady in the green pants, she's about to move in. That, I think that's the best approach shot that I've seen all day. Yep. Uh, probably about, you know, maybe two, a metre, maybe. A metre and a half. Metre and a half. Let's hope she drains it. Oh. And, oh, we told you it goes a little... Left to right. Let's yeah. go left to right. Yeah. F- Final question for Lightning Luke, who's running second in the TCR Australia series Luke, in the Audi. Lukey, I'm going to touch on again the Drive to Survive series, and I watched it last night. Last year, the accident that Grosjean was a, a part of was just Huge. phenomenal. Like, And I've got to wait. The way, the way they captured that in the, uh, the yep. Netflix series was absolutely brilliant. And then the drive by Perez to go from last to first uh, yeah. was phenomenal, which obviously enabled him to pick up the drive with Red Bull. Just amazing. And, and a very, very good driver. But that accident by, yeah. uh, with Grosjean, mate, I was actually really emotional watching it, just thinking, yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, if you have a look, Google Grosjean, he's over racing IndyCar in the US now, and he's he's actually winning races over there. Yep. So, you know, he's up against Scotty McLaughlin, Will Power, all the all yeah. the heavyweights in IndyCar, and uh, and he's matching it with those guys even after that mm. huge shunt. So, uh, so yeah, he's doing a good job. But yeah, that was a very scary incident. Um, and Perez is doing well this year. He's, he's certainly coming through. Um, I think where there's more to see from him yet. Um, he's not fully on top of that Red Bull, but I think he will get there in the end. Chico, hey, uh, the man they call Chico. Uh, I tell you, the other thing too, boys, is last night watching on board with the drivers. Yep. Can yep. you believe the speeds they get to? Like, oh. you know, I think they're going through corners at about you know 270, 280. But then when they when they can unleash the beast. Suddenly they're yeah. at about three twenty, three thirty. You know what? What struck for me, you know, with that uh, drive to survive and the Grosjean incident was the reality of what these guys do and how dangerous it is. Like they are that good at what they do, you don't actually, you, you know, you sort of take it for granted. And, and you know, Luke, you're in the same position. But when you see that, and I, you know, to see the reaction from the drivers, they knew that was there was something wrong there. It was just. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it just drove so many emotions for me just thinking about, wow. And, you know, well, I've been watching this series and become engaged and, you know, sort of getting to know the drivers and things like that. Uh, don't forget, though, like, uh, if you look at one of my favourite films, what, what about what happened to Nicky Lauder, mm. you, know, you know, back oh. in the day? So the, the sport has improved astronomically in terms yep. of safety, hasn't it, Luke? It has, yeah, yeah. It certainly has over the years. I mean, the introduction of the, what they call the halo over the top of the drivers yep. now, which protects anything coming inside the cars, which ironically is what almost stopped Grosjean getting out of his car. Mm. Um, so, you know, like we, you can't plan for every eventuation. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, compared to like the old circuit at Monza um, with the big banking and stuff like that, the, even the circuit changes have, have made a big difference to that over the years. Yeah, I tell you, we might have a couple of boys in the Formula One. In, in 25 words or less, Luke, we got a couple of boys, including Mick Doohan's son, smashing yep. it. In the, in the lower formulas. Yeah, so I wanted to, to quickly run through this. So, yeah, in Formula 2 last night, Oscar Piastri, who is a young Aussie, um, is leading the Formula 2 series. So that's one step away from F1. He was on mm. top of practice last night. Um, yeah, doing fourth in F3 at the moment, doing really well. They've got their final round coming up in Russia. And then over to the MotoGP, you got Jack Miller in the Ducati on top um, in practice in uh, in Aston in um, Spain, and then uh, we got Remy Gardner, Wayne Gardner's son, in Moto2, one wow. step away from MotoGP, who is leading the Moto2 series, and he was on top in practice two last night as well. Yeah, great, I, I tell great you. performance. Hey, look, can I just say one thing, mate? I just, just quickly, <laughs> if you happen to make it in the you know overseas, can I be your performance coach? Because I know all of them have got um, him. Right, and we just yeah. I'll just train you and get you over there, mate. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you, hey, no, no, no. No, hold hey, hey, hey. You keep, <laughs> you keep trying to... Mate, like, aren't we a package deal? Yeah, yeah, but, but this it's a great you, you gig. You keep trying to sell yourself. It is a great gig, that performance coach. You just go along with no, these formula Performance coaches. Coaches. I mean, I've, yeah, always, yeah. I've always had your back. Yeah, you know, you're with me, mate. No, you're with me. what I'm seeing is you're just trying to go solo. <laughs> Michael, be my solo man. You could be PR, Steve. You PR, he's the other PR man. Uh, yeah, so I'll be back yeah. here. I'll be back here at Shelley Beach Golf Course while you yeah. two are in Monaco. Correct. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> living the dream. Okay, so that's a deal, Luke. If, once you make the big yep. time, then mate, I'm along yep. as your performance coach because hey, you'll be the fittest just machine. Ever. Open. Yeah. We're off to Europe, dude. Yeah, <laughs> great, great stuff, Lightning, Luke. Uh, we'll leave it there. We've got to come back in a moment with uh, Matt Horsnell quickly and Talia Blanchard to wrap the Paralympics. It's Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil Projects. Robson means subdivisions, retirement villages, road, rail and bridges. That's local infrastructure for 60 years. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, beautiful sunny Saturday on the Central Coast. Hey, don't forget the uh, there is the catch-up podcast. Uh, simply download the SEN app and check out Saturdays on the Coast. And thank you again to all of our guests. In fact, we were just saying we've seen possibly the best golf we ever have. Uh, now that spring is here and it's going to be like a summer's weekend. Uh, so a lot of the approach shots have been absolutely sensational. Uh, clock is ticking, Butes. We've got about seven yeah. minutes left. Let's make let's, it happen. Let's go to Matty Horsnell, coach of Nicola McDermott. And Matty, good morning, mate. Nicola has done it again with a third place finish at the Diamond League in Zurich, but went very close to 205. Yes, thanks, Steve. Yes, it was absolutely sensational. It's actually the best I've seen her warming up and on the comp. I was up at like 
5.30 in the morning watching it on the live stream and everything. Um, and uh, it, I'm there looking at her warming up in the first few jumps. She's like, every jump was 2.05. I thought, she's going to she's gonna really hit it today. And, and she went pretty close. It was just dragged off. 2.05 dragged off with the carbs on the last attempt. was uh, was really great to see her do that. Yeah, so she went through every height with uh, without blemish, including two metres and one centimetre. And then you look at the Olympic yeah. champion, uh, which is amazing. So Lasset Skeen has had a couple of misses at 196, clears it on her yeah. final attempt, and then goes on, then goes on to clear 205 and had a crack at 207. I know. It's, they're just amazing. And, and Nicola's learned a lot from those those high-level athletes of how they can actually lift themselves when they're under pressure. They look like they're down and out, and they can just pull things out from nowhere. It's, it's amazing. They continually do that all the time. She almost did that in the Olympics, was down and out in qualifying, where she had three attempts to get over 195 and just made it into the final of the Olympics and then went, goes on to win it because she's just a superb athlete. Yeah, you know... I think that these three girls, so Lasset Skeena, Mahuchik and Nicola McDermott, yep. these three are going to push each other to new heights. And you've got to say, the world record, which is one of the oldest in the book, and I know you've got a question mark on it. You've definitely got a question mark on it. Kostadinova, 209 is the world record. But that's got to be in jeopardy in the next couple of years. Yeah, good. Up to Paris, leading up to Paris is going to be really interesting. Those, definitely the three girls and whoever else comes into the mix. There's the American, Vashti Cunningham. She, if she gets some good training base under her and gets a bit stronger, I think she could threaten that as well. So it's probably the best high jump group that they've had for a number of years, you know, that I can remember. So it's going to be great to see them uh, progress over that time, as well as Eleanor Patterson, you know, she's She's possibly, she had a few niggles and if she can come through and find a bit of form as well, it's going to be a, a, a sensational few years for high jump. I think it's putting it back Mate. on the map again. Mate, you must be uh, really pleased as a coach when you think about what Nicola has done over the last two months in terms of her consistency and how she over has continued. Last... Yeah, go. sorry, go right ahead. Oh, Sorry. It's funny you say that. You know, I sat down this morning and I was um, doing a summary of the year from when she started from back last year, doing a prep from August onwards, and I wrote down all the little benchmarks, exactly what you're saying. And it's just not just the last few months, it's the last 12 months what she's done to achieve, you know, and each time she jumped this year, every time in a three-month, uh, three six-week little block she did, she would PB coming off that every time. So it's just great the way she responded and um, and um, lifted in her training and everything this year has been phenomenal. Yeah, and Maddie, in 25 words or less, uh, final question for you. Will she stay now in Germany where she's got the chance to uh, earn some money for appearance fees or will she bounce into quarantine and head home? She's got... She, she got her flight cancelled, you know, it's really tough trying to get back home. So the next flight's out on the 16th. So she took the opportunity to jump in on, on a comp on the 12th tomorrow. It'll be uh, sort of 2 a.m. our time. But Sunday she's doing a comp in um, Continental to a silver meet in Berlin where Lassestini's jumping in that. And that'll be her last comp 
before she gets on the flight, comes back, goes into quarantine and and does a uni exam, I think, while she's in quarantine. So mm. Yeah, and then, then we'll have a ticker tape parade in Gosford for Nicola McDermott, uh, silver medalist at the Olympic Games. Thanks, Maddie. Great to talk to you. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Hey, uh, let's go straight to our final guest, and we've loved having Talia Blanchard on our show. Uh, Talia, good morning. The Paralympics uh, wound up last weekend, and uh, you've got so many highlights that you want to mention, but let's maybe start with the marathon in athletics. And uh, Madison Di Rosario, is that correct? Yes. Hi, guys. Uh, Madison's marathon was absolutely incredible and in quite intense conditions. So to watch her come back with that gold is absolutely incredible. And staying on the athletics theme, James Turner, his performance? Oh, James was awesome. I mean, we can always be oh, that little bit mad about that 100-metre sprint, but to come away with a gold and a silver, he's an amazing athlete and he's going to be on the track for many years to come. Hey, uh, what about the youngest swimmer on the Paralympic team? Is it, is it Jasmine Greenwood? And have you had a lot to do with her? Uh, Jasmine isn't the youngest this year. We do have a young one who is Izzy Vincent, um, but I'm actually friends with both of those girls. Jasmine, um, she's now 16, and she got the silver in the 100-metre butterfly. I was on the edge of my seat really hoping that she'd come in for that gold, but she's a great friend of mine, and to see her come through after all the bushfires and everything, she's incredible and talia let's talk about the cycling team and their performance absolutely outstanding there's probably too many to mention to be honest with you but what an overall great team performance from the cycling team Oh, overall, like, I could try and start to name drop, but you would almost have to mention the entire team. Just the world records, Australian records, medals, everything. And just even for the athletes that didn't come away with a medal, all of them were doing their best times and were just in outstanding form. Hey, uh, Talia, uh, I'm... I've got to apologise. We've got to cut it short this morning, but Talia has been a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I'd like Talia on the show every week. What do you think? Oh, mate, why not? We are... It's got to be a lot better than what we... There, there is the theme music. Uh, Talia, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. I move a motion. You're on the show next week. Thank you, guys. Talia Blanchard joining us, uh, who narrowly missed competing in the Paralympics herself. Thanks to Pete, our technical whiz. Right. Thanks to Adam Staples, back at headquarters. And beauts before we go, Mandy Allen, listening on the Gold Coast. Steve-O's mum turns 80, Aww. 80 this week. Congratulations. Well done, Mandy. This coming Thursday, she's an absolute legend. Love you, mum. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next Saturday. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.